and uh, Adam had those. I've already seen those presentations last epic anyway. So. Yeah. Um, so, Caleb, do you want to start off with the purpose feature tip? Yeah, sure. So there were like a few things identified during the alpha launch of Perps C2 and um, the SIP plan introduces a few fixes. So one of the fixes includes, uh, and it's a very uh, minor one, uh, is for uh, events where then they're emitted for delayed orders. Uh, there are some parameters that um, should give back uh, a zero. Like if you have a delayed order, you don't need the around ID for chain link. So it's just uh, cosmetic. Another uh, another fix, the second one, which is a more important one, is for the liquidation premium calculation. So basically, when a position is about to get liquidated, when it approaches its liquidation price, the way we do is we check that uh, the account has enough margin. Now, how do we do that? We just like compute this margin by removing the PNL. Now, there is a certain buffer on top of that, the liquidation buffer. It's around 35 basis points. And there is a liquidation premium. Now, the buffer is due to price discontinuity. So, like, prices can tend to jump. And that buffer aims at protecting from extreme move in prices. And the liquidation premium is a, a add-on on top of the buffer. It's supposed to make it harder to acquire larger and larger positions. Um, or, and I put it on, put another way, larger positions would be liquidated much earlier than smaller positions. So this liquidation premium, its calculation is based on uh, the position size. Um, and there was a, like a missing argument in, ta- in that calculation, which uh, delayed the liquidation of large positions. So that was an, that this is an important fix that needs to uh, take place and uh, it covers mainly liquidations. So that, that's not all. Liquidation premium uh, currently was diluted, uh, more or less with a factor of half. And the reason behind that is because of the way the calculation of the slippage takes place. So basically when you when you do a t- transaction you, you with Perps V2, you have slippage in the form of a PD function. And that slippage, the PD that you would incur is the average of the existing PD and the new PD. So this liquidation premium aims at mimicking this kind of behavior or this kind of um, impact. And the half is because basically we assume that um, you will start off from a zero skew and liquidation will uh, move the position by a certain uh, skew. But... uh, the, the liquidation premium multiplier was introduced in this SIP to replace that half factor. And what this allows us to do is to calibrate uh, per C2 as to make it harder to acquire large positions. And that is a good way to control the riskiness of the debt pool. So like uh, 
100k ETH position would behave would would have a different risk uh, factor than something that's small like a uh, few ETH. And so this liquidation premium multiplier, what it aims to do is to punish large positions and by making their liquidations uh, to happen more early than uh, to, to uh, take place um, materialize. Uh, a bit earlier than uh, smaller positions that have less risk on the protocol. And, fin- and finally, there was a, a usage of fill price when co- calculating the order fee rather than the uh, oracle price. So fill price is like the price that's adjusted for uh, the premium discount, while the oracle price is just the price coming from PIF. So when you calculate an order fee, you have to, like, you have a, the position size, you know, like let's say it's 100 ETH, and you multiply that by price and you get it in dollars, and you multiply that by the rate and you get the fee in dollars. But uh, which price do you use? In this case, we use the fill price, which makes the calculation a bit... Uh, uh, more aligned with uh, with the actual trading price that a uh, uh, trader uh, uh, got filled with. One last thing, the last one, is uh, something that we noticed is that um, liquidators are getting uh, liquidation. So, so liquidation on in Thursday too, um, there's like a minimum uh, keeper fee, right? The two SUSD that was recently increased, it was one SUSD now became two SUSD. So when a liquidator triggers a, a liquidation, uh, the minimum he would receive is two SUSD. But the 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 value of that reward can increase based on the volume of uh, based on the size of the position liquidated, and that size is I think is around 15 basis points. So if like uh, there's a thousand ETH position getting liquidated, he'll get like 15 basis points of a thousand a thousand ETH, which is enormous for just like triggering transactions. And the reason we have this in place is because we want liquidators to be incentivized to liquidate the early position, the big positions, as uh, soon as possible. So just to control the ordering. Now. Uh, they don't need to get 35 basis points, you know, like I remember Kane's liquidation, the large one, the liquidator got something like $30,000, you know, and that's like leakage of protocol value. So this um, SIP introduces a max uh, keeper fee, and I think we set it to 1,000 SUSD, although it's still written in the uh, SIP as uh, 100K. But I think I did a, I, I prepared the PR, it's still not uh, merged, that um, initializes this value as 1000 SUSD when um, this SIP is released. So hopefully all these changes are going live on Monday and they do help a bit in providing us some assurances about um, the release of more more uh, 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 underlying more more markets to trade. Any questions or uh, if there's something that's uh, 
Maybe you want me to elaborate on, be happy to. Hopefully I didn't speak to myself for the last 30 minutes. Or no, you're allowed minutes. to clear. You're allowed to clear. Okay. I've noticed the change. What, what? Sorry? I've merged your PR request. Awesome, thank you. Thank you, Terry. Um, All right. Okay, so if there's no questions from the council, I see Selene Campbell uh, just invited you back to the stage. Um, we, We can move on to the block of V3 SIPs. Um... Last call. Any questions? Okay. They are cool. kind of technical, you know, so I don't, I'm, they are a bit technical. You have to be, dive deep into the purposely too to be able maybe to, I like, I gave a hopefully a general overview of the changes, but they are kind of a bit too much details, you know, that, this um, have, I w- um any- um, impact on the funding rate calculation that the UI is depicting, I assume. So the funding rate uh, calculation, basically, it was not. Um, uh, the, 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 there will be an impact, of course, because the computation is off by the price factor. You know, like uh, right now, it's. Um, uh, the, the funding rate, uh, you divide it by the price, and that's the actual funding rate. So this is getting fixed as well. Um, it's it's uh, not accurate. And I believe this is one of the reasons where, why we don't see, like, uh, maybe the necessary arbitrages. Uh, like when someone takes a long, large position, um, they they don't get arbed right away, and maybe it's because of the funding rate. Aside from the having a very very high skew scale for ETH, which makes it less likely that uh, you can get arbitrages. So if you look at the PD, it's always plus minus ten basis points, and that means like it's just within the uh, fee to open or close a trade. So it makes sense that you won't see arbitrages, but Funding rate uh, farming is something else, and hopefully this does also uh, uh, fix the the current issues with funding rate. You just um, haven't directly addressed it in the SIP itself, correct? Um, I believe, yeah, it's not... uh, might be not mentioned. I'll check with Leo since um, he wrote the SIP. And maybe um, it's part of the one of the fixes that he mentioned or not. I'll check with him. If not, I'll add it. Okay, cool. Okay. Um, thank you for that. Uh, any any other questions from the council on this one before we jump to V3 stuff? Cool. 
Okay, so this is kind of uh, like a re like representation of 302 to 305. Um, 301 has already been voted on. Basically, 301 through 305 make up a lot of the kind of core like uh, design elements uh, of of V3 um, and like kind of the new way of uh, constructing markets and, and staking positions and, and such. Um, so since these have already been presented, this is kind of going to be more of like a a high level like recap slash Q and A for the council and the community. Um, and then bef- before we put these up to a vote, like because a lot of people here have already seen these presentations or have been part of the SIPs themselves. Um, but yeah, so I'll so I'll kind of just go through all of these uh, now. So. So the big change in V3 is this kind of, uh, um, differentiation of the, of the debt pool into these, like, kind of modular elements called markets. Um, and you can kind of just think of markets as, you know, these contracts that, uh, burn and emit SUSD, like, according to some logic that, that is programmed into them. Um, and then they, and then any net debt or, you know, credit that they accumulate is just kind of attached to some staking position. Um, that, that's kind of the, the easiest way to think about this, like at a high level. Um, so like a good example, a good analogy to V2X is like, uh, perps markets. Perps markets, they're just data that has, you know, information for a bunch of positions and PNLs. Um, and then when somebody, when there's like, you know, net PNL for the, for the debt pool, it just is automatically reflected in your debt. And when a trader, you know, maybe earns net profit, um, the SUSD is just minted and it's attached to your position. So we have the same thing in, in V3, except, um, every, every market is its own, uh, thing. Um, so that's more or less like a high level overview of, of, uh, 303. Um, I know it's a little bit out of order. Um, and then 302 introduces this, these things called pools, which are basically kind of like ways to aggregate markets together by pool maintainers. Um, so you could have many, so basically you send collateral to a pool, um, and every pool has, you know, these substructures called vaults that are basically every collateral type that is attached to that pool. Um, and then the pool basically takes all of some amount of, you know, credit capacity, basically like that your collateral is underwriting. So like if for some reason the markets were to take on some, you know, net uh, debt, they would have to assign it to the collateral backing them. And we have to make sure that that the positions are sufficiently over collateralized. So you deposit collateral to a pool. There's some amount of credit that the protocol gives you against that collateral. And then the pool basically divvies up that credit into a bunch of different markets. Um, and then that's basically your, your, your staking position. Um, and your staking position is managed as, as an NFT, which is, uh, in 301 for account tokens, which is kind of, which was already approved. Um, so that's 302 and 303. Um, and then. Can I, can I ask, uh, like, um, uh, sorry for the interruption. Yeah, no problem. If you want, uh, when you finish, I can ask. So, so like, I want to provide, like, we'll have at um, initiation just one pool called the Spartan pool, right? Mm -hmm. Like, when it's released, and that pool is, like, 
exactly like what we have now. It has uh, exposure to the same markets that we currently use, or will new markets be developed? Like Perps V2, will it will it be the same Perps V2 or a different one? Yeah. So the, the starting state for V3 will be basically be like a, a legacy market um, that is all of the everything in V2X kind of lumped into one market. Okay. Yeah. Um, and that and the, and the legacy market would be like the only the only market in the only pool in the protocol. Okay, so so there's like uh, everything that's existing in V2X will be just like shifted to V3 somehow, or will be it be replicated? Is my question. Um. So initially, just redirected to V3 through the legacy market, and then okay. In the other SIPs you see there where we have like spot market, like V3 spot market. Um, and, well, actually, I don't know if that one's merged yet. Is that one merged yet? Um, okay, well, that one's not merged yet, but there will be like V3 spot market, V3 perps markets, and those will be kind of like their own things to start building markets natively in V3. Um, but so this is all just for V3 core, which is basically just creating the staking system in V3 that is like, you know, the the base for everything that you build on top of it. And then for compatibility, like it, it, it links to V2X through like this one market. That'll be the legacy market that aggregates all of the, all the positions from, from V2X. And like my understanding is that V3 is going to have SNX USD while V2X uses SUSD. So how will that kind of, uh, Will we like rename the SUSD to SNX USD or what? How do will that uh, material? You know what I mean? Um. Yes. Um. I'm trying to think if this is the best time to discuss it. I mean, maybe we should do that when we talk about 306 for the V3 migration. Um, like, yeah, I know people have strong feelings about that. Um, I think there's a lot, like, like DB is on the call. He can jump in also on the technical merits for why it should be like a a separate, uh, ERC 20 rather than using the same one as far as like the naming convention. I think that's just making it cleaner. Um, but yeah, maybe we could reserve that for the 306 presentation. No worries. Do you have an anticipated timescale on going from permissioned pools and markets to permissionless? Uh, it's pretty hard to predict. Um, you, you know, you definitely don't want to rush anything like this. That's that's a very you know new version of the protocol. I mean, uh, uh, in terms of like a hard timeline, I, I would be hesitant to give one for almost anything that, uh, especially something like like this, which is all brand new infrastructure, you know, will need to be tested. But I, I mean, I would expect sometime in the next, you know, couple quarters, we would be moving into that direction for permissionless markets. Okay. And Bert would like to know, um, would we be expecting expansions of assets in the Spartan pool? Um, 
Well, initially the Spartan council pool will have everything from V2X and like there's a bunch of SIPs underway. Like that's like a listing spree for uh, V2 perps on V2X right now. So they would all be covered from that. And then as far as like what to do with V3 native markets once they're launched, like it's probably premature to be discussing that. But the Spartan council pool will be exposed to, you know, will be participating in everything that's created in V2X right now, um, you know, at the, at the V3 launch. So. And just a, like a question. So if I'm, I'm in the, I'm on V3 and I'm delegating credit, is it how, is this how the right way to say it? Yep. If I'm delegating credit to the Spartan council pool, right? I don't delegate credit to markets rather than to a pool. Is that how it works? Yeah, you put your collateral in the Spartan Council pool and then it, it delegates your credit to the markets. Okay, okay. So it's not like I can choose which markets to allocate credit to. The Spartan pool allocates that credit, um, the distribution between markets. Initially, yeah. Um, I would imagine like after we're fully migrated and moved over to V3, there will be multiple Spartan Council endorsed pools um, as kind of okay. like an intermediate step towards doing it permissionlessly. Um, okay. Especially, as if, yeah. I mean, initially there's only one, so you can't pick and choose in V2X. But once we have like many different perps mark uh, markets launching natively in V3. Like it might make sense as an intermediate step to have multiple Spartan Council endorsed pools. And and so like let's say I do allocate my hundred SNX to the Spartan Council pool. Uh, who would assign it to or allocate it to markets? Now my question is like how would the distribution be among markets? Is it like a Spartan Council decision, like? They allocate $30 million here, $20 million there, or? Yes, that's, that's the idea for the Spartan Council pool, yes. Okay. All right. Perfect. Thank you. Yep. Good questions. Good questions. Uh, any, any other questions? Okay, so that's um, 302 and 303. Um, 304 is liquidations. It kind of carries over a lot of the liquidation system from V2X into V3. Um, essentially, uh, with it, so each pool has multiple vaults, uh, and a vault is for each collateral type. So initially, there will just be one vault, which will be the SNX vault, um, until other support for other collateral types is is introduced later um and then but the, yes but then where liquidations within a single vault um will be socialized uh as they are now um and then if you get to the point where you've run out of positions to socialize to um the whole vault can be liquidated basically um at, w through a traditional liquidation where you know some amount of susd 
is provided uh, in exchange for the collateral in the vault. Um, that's more or less at a high level the logic here. Um, I think like one of the main themes among a lot of these SIPs is that they're not very opinionated and just aim to preserve uh, what exists in V2X uh, into the V3 architecture. Um, so as we start, uh, uh, you know, there won't be some initially multi-collateral support, so there's not really a need to make any sweeping changes uh, to the liquidations because what I just described basically just replicates what exists in V2X. Like we just have socialized liquidations, except it does add a step to have like a final liquidate the vault with uh, SUSD, which we don't have now. Um, but it so, may make sense to introduce uh, other liquidation mechanisms uh, in V3 once we have um, maybe larger vaults or multiple vaults, or if, for instance, like one vault is enormous and it doesn't really make sense to have a vault level liquidation, it may, it, it might make more sense to have something like a Dutch auction or something that won't be as disruptive in the market. Um, but but this SIP is kind of just a way of replicating what exists in V2X in V3. So from what I understand, uh, last time we discussed it is this is that there is no flag mechanism, right? That that's right. Yeah. Okay. So if you get liquidated, you you have uh, you get liquidated immediately. But then I I if I remember correctly, we. When we discussed this, uh, uh, we said that maybe we would be considering to use uh, a TWAP for liquidation price, or was this, like, dropped later? No, we could still do that. Um, we could still do that. Like, the reasoning behind it was because you cannot flag. Uh, it's not you cannot, but you, you sidestep the flagging. So it would be more prone to flash uh, illiquidity attacks, you know? Yeah, so my understanding is that would just be um, a configuration of what is chosen as the feed that triggers liquidations. Uh, And so if we just made it a a TWAP feed from the Oracle Manager, then that would accomplish that. So so, uh, William is asking is... If TWAP should be used as well for TWAP should be used as well for minting, rather only for um, for liquidations, liquidation purposes. Um, I think it's uh, like worse price maybe is better than minting. So if you want min spot, uh, um, TWAP is better than TWAP alone. Yeah, I mean the price is dumping. So, uh, yes, I th- so what Caleb is saying is if the price is dumping really hard, you wouldn't want to let people mint at the TWAP. So you would always want to pick the lo- the lesser of TWAP and, and Institute. Yeah. Which I think does actually make sense. Um, Yeah, but then you would allow. Sorry, I'm answering Sam's question. So Sam's question is is that people have already minted. If the price is three and it drops to two very quickly, and you let people mint at like three, let's say at the lagging indicator, 
it's maybe not problematic because they already minted at three anyway, but you are kind of allowing, you are kind of like giving more credit at that moment to, if somebody new and, I, and comes in, who comes in and mints that like if you let them mint at basically 50% higher than the current price, you're basically giving them like a 50% uh, better C ratio or I guess the inverse of 50%. So like uh, one, two thirds of the C ratio. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where this fits in in, in, in scope. Um, DB, are you still on the call? Yes, I am. Can you repeat the question, please? Yeah, so how feasible, like, where does it fit in here if we wanted to, um, have the price that's used for liquidation and minting, um, be like a moving average price instead of like the instantaneous Oracle price? Yeah, we can set it up uh, to be uh, based on basically any configuration that is supported by the Oracle Manager, which is a completely separate system from this conversation. But so, but long story short, yes, we should be able to support moving average prices or other types of adjustments like that. Okay. Okay. Cool. So yeah, it can be supported. Okay, cool. Thanks for the feedback. Um, everybody in GovCall chat. Um, okay, so then if there's no other questions, we can move on to 305. Um, the, uh, DB, do you want to take 305? You're probably more, it's more like an architecture thing of how the rewards distributor works. Like, it's been discussed a pretty fair amount, but if, if would, would you mind taking that one? Yeah, just give me a just give me a quick second. I'm reviewing it for myself. <clears throat> Thank you. Okay, so yeah, the way that uh, V3 is basically proposing a system, a subsystem in V3, which uh, offers the capability for uh, basically custom rewards distribution systems. Uh, so, like, that's the theme with V3 is everything's permissionless. Everything can be set up yourself. Uh, you know, be, uh, you can set your own Solidity contracts and connect them. This is another one of those types of ways in which we enable that. So, um, the way that this works is that uh, pools can elect to um, take rewards from uh, one or more rewards distributors. Um, this is a new type of, and this is basically just a contract that implements a function which allows for paying out of a certain amount of rewards, basically. And then uh, what will happen is it, within the uh, V3 core system, it will actually track how much rewards each user is supposed to get based on uh, their uh, staking commitments to your pool or whatever. So an example use case for this might be uh, you are uh, one of our partner protocols, let's just say uh, uh, Thales or uh, Lyra or whatever, and uh, you want to set up your own uh, pool, and you want to reward users like your your own token for for staking in your pool, basically, uh, and providing liquidity towards your markets. So uh, this is uh, allows for uh, those protocols to basically do that without any uh, Spartan Council involvement or no cooperation on our part. They can just uh, set up their own rewards distribution mechanism, and uh, the system does the rest. So does it work like uh, 
like the current liquidation reward contract that we have? It does not. I mean, there's some things that are in common with it, but uh, ultimately, um, it's just or an abstract way to define pro rata and or instantaneous rewards uh, from a third-party contract. Another example of how you could use this is another example of how you could use this is you could distribute fees, like every time somebody trades on maybe Quanta or something, you could distribute fees to anybody who's staking inside of the uh, pool, which, you know, is your pool or whatever. Yeah, I mean, like, um, I mean, I mean, the improvement over the V2X system is that currently SUSD, you know, is like snapshot based, while maybe this what the new system would be uh, for each reward the allocation of that base like propor- proportionally is what I mean. There's no snapshot. There's a snapshot at each reward instance. Is that how it works? Uh, yeah, so it's, yeah, it's basically every time somebody, uh, a new rewards are distributed, uh, it will, suppose you're, there's two different ways you can distribute rewards with this system. You can either do it instantaneously, or you can do it, like, over a period of time. So if you're doing it instantaneously, okay. um, the rewards will be distributed proportionally to exactly how much, you know, uh, liquidity each user is, is supporting uh, towards your pool. Okay at the time okay. that you uh, instantaneously distribute. So, yes, it's it's not, like, lagging or, or based on some previous data or anything like that. And the same goes for the pro rata distribution as well. So over time, it will actually keep track of how much each user has contributed to the pool. And if they change their balances, it will appropriately adjust their rewards uh, correspondingly. So, yeah, it works either way you want to do it. Uh, it it's perfectly... Uh, pro rata distribution at the time of distribution. Perfect. Thank you. All right. If you want to Move on to the next sip. Um, well, that it was just four, right? Let me check. Uh, we I just explained SIP three hundred five. Yeah, I, yeah. Sorry, I meant it was just the four and three hundred. Well, three hundred is kind of just like the summary of all. Of all well, we won't vote on three hundred. Um, now it was kind of just there as the placeholder for all of the V3 SIPs to be kind of summarized in one SIP. Uh, but so we are through 302 through 305 now. Um, so we can just pause now here for any general questions for anybody, and then we, we could set up a vote for these. All right. What is 301, by the way? 301 was account tokens, accounts. Oh, okay, okay. That was already voted on, I think. Yeah, That's we voted I, on that. Um, okay. And and should we, like, schedule another meeting for the rest? Like, I saw there's, like, three or five, six, seven. There's a few more. Or are those not yet ready for presentation? Um, 
let me see real quick. So, yeah. 307, I feel like we presented a bunch of times. Um, but I think most it, of them we presented a bunch of times, but, uh, yeah. Maybe. Yeah, let's schedule some more for next week. Um, okay. Uh, let's, uh, let's chat about that offline about which ones I'll chat with, with Noah and DB and we'll, we'll figure out which ones we want to present next week. Perfect. And next Thursday or Tuesday? Uh, I think, well, it depends on where we are with the perps stuff. Um, I think if we have other perps sips or, we'll probably have presentations Tuesday and Thursday next week, I would guess. Okay. All right. Okay. Awesome. All right. Well, thanks everybody. Thank you everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks, guys.